Hello and welcome everybody back to Mana on the Rocks. Uh, it is I, your host Joe, joining me as always, my co-host Atlas. Hello again. All right, this week we got a pretty interesting one. Uh, mostly, uh, oh, what is this opinion-based conversation on this podcast? Crazy. We would never We're- do that. We would never. We're talking about the health of the format and overall uh, general state of things. You know, is is CDH uh, doom and gloom, or is it magical, happy, sunshine, rainbows, and Christmas? I think for the most part, we're in Christmas land right now. I never leave Christmas land. My combos are always online. My opponents don't have the outs, and I have everything because I'm just a god gamer. So why don't you come on down, get a drink with us? I need a tender for uh, Calamax. Oh, that makes sense. Three pips yep. on the on the Mander. Okay. Yeah, that so it's a, it's it lets me cast Calamax and then hold up interaction. Post I mean, yeah, right on curve, right? You go because you go right on curve. You go land dork, um, land tender interaction spell. And yeah. Then you go another land tap for tap land dork land land Calamax and then and then hold open teamer. teamer. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So I like that a lot. That seems like yeah. a good play pattern. Yeah. So right now I have carpet of flowers in that slot which i don't know how i like i don't think i like carpet in the deck carpet's just it's, been falling off a lot it's just really slow i it's think fine i think in like mono green or like other decks i don't yeah. i don't think it needs to be here or it's... like i think if you're doing like sanctum weaver and like you're, you care about enchantments more which is a, i think what like version one of the deck was um yeah i remember you were on weaver in version one. yeah um yeah it's, it's kind of whatever um but it's just it's just in there for right now, just to have something in the slot. Um, because initially I was planning on having carpet in the deck, and then I put in dryad arbor. Um, and I'm just like, nah, dryad arbor is just it's just better. Yeah. So it's, well, especially since I'm on the triome. Yeah, that makes sense. You got extra like, untapped. Yeah, and I can stuff. go. I can go turn one dryad arbor, Super turn two nice. fetch into triome, and then be able to use the triome. Well, that leads into sort of what we're talking about today, I guess, is like um, yeah, the yeah. CDH meta and sort of like where the where the format's sitting right now, is at least as we're perceiving it, right? Yeah, how how the meta is is it good? Is it bad? What's being played? What's not very? What is not very good right now? What is like in a really good position? Yeah, just general health of the format. Um, is it in a good spot? Is, are there like bad things that are really happening? Um underrepresentation overrepresentation i was thinking a lot about this like ever since it was like i, I suggest i want to do this topic i i feel like the format's really really healthy i think apart from like a couple of things that pull away from like i guess the creative aspects of it um but those I aren't even like decks they're not, those they're are not those even like, like strategies right? yeah yeah and even then like i don't i don't think they're terrible i just dislike them yeah yeah, for sure. I mean, and those are like those are just the the really like very generic things like Dockside, Doracle, Breach. Um, I'm sure there's something that I'm not thinking about right off the top of my head because I don't see it a lot. But but yeah. yeah, it's just those things where you see them and like you're playing this. Okay, then we know you're playing that. Um, exactly. Displacer Kitten starting to get up there. It's very heavily played. That's that's so but, fucking funny. That's but, so uh, fucking funny. That, yeah, yeah, we talked about that before. Oh, this card's unplayable. Formula. Yeah. But Formula yeah, it does nothing on ETB. Doesn't protect itself. Eh. Yeah, bad. But uh, yeah, so I think I think there's that. I was uh, I was actually looking at it, that a lot, um, like the yesterday, and I guess a little bit on Sunday. Even I was talking to some people because uh, I was playing in an event on Sunday, and uh, we were talking about like how what the meta looks like and things like that. And now with Punt City Two having just concluded this past weekend as well, 
Um, oh yeah, that was of, that was this weekend. Yeah, huh? there's a lot of new metadata. Um, my favorite, my favorite reveal um, from a lot of the data that's been coming in recently from a number of events, but um, I'll just pull specifically from uh, Putt City is that uh, Winoda does not appear to be doing as well as it has in the past. It's not super well positioned, which I am loving that. <laughs> I haven't even had to deal with it, but I love that. Yeah, um, if anything, Winota, at least in our local meta, has been dying down, and we've been seeing a massive uptick of Yuriko. Yes. Um, which yes. makes sense. I think Winota and Yuriko are two of the easiest decks to get into, like, CDH proper with. Pretty accessible, um, yeah. Yeah, like, you don't need, like, a lot of things. You don't need a lot of, like, in-depth knowledge. Like, you, they're pretty, like, understood, built, pretty accessible. If you don't have the expensive cards, you don't need the expensive cards, like it's just it, yeah. it's just kind of good yeah it's and, good. yeah and they're totally strong they're so oh, yeah. so able to compete even budget versions are more than able to compete um at, at a high level uh, just because their strategies are very simplistic makes it sound bad but it's not like they're just very direct it's yeah. just very much this is what i'm gonna do and i'm gonna do it and i'm exceptionally good at it mm-hmm. and for yuriko that's like tempo and uh for winota that's, that's uh, everything that's not tempo. yeah everything everything, everything that's else tempo. that is not combo that is that yeah. but that is not tempo yeah um but apparently at least from all of the reports i was reading is basically winota is such a known quantity at this point um that everyone is just aware you just winota is the boogeyman more or less like you just don't let mm-hmm. them get a foothold you kill their enablers you kill winota before she can before she can go to combat you just don't let them have that attack because if you let them have one they will have more. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you said you said the word that's synonymous with format health, and that's boogeyman. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'd say Winota is definitely a boogeyman of the format. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the worst thing. I, I think like some of the more egregious things of the past. Um, oh, like for sure. Cold Breacher, Flash, those kinds of things. Way more relevant. Way more like boogeyman esque. Yeah, even Leavel to some extent. Like, all of those are way more scary to me um, than anything Winota does. Winota dies to any removal spell twice, and then you're just kind of playing, like, a white-red stacks beatdown, which is, like, it's good. It's still viable. It's It's still still viable viable. at that point, which is crazy. It still has ways to play through a lot of different stacks. I think pretty much all the builds are on Mogcatcher these days, which, as soon as I heard that they were wanting Mogcatcher, I'm like, that's correct. That that seems like a good play. Yep. Um. Because yep. it 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 gets around all your stacks pieces. Gets around all of the rule of laws. Yep. Uh, the just only thing dumps dockside dumps Kiki. Like uh, it's just just good. So it's strong. just good. Um. Well, it's it's great because uh because Winota dumps your like zealous conscripts and your combat mm-hmm. solver into play, and then you just like oh I guess I'll go tutor up Kiki. You play exactly. two copies of it effectively. Exactly. Yeah. No. I I'd say Yurko is one of the more like standout commanders for like okay. We have to, like, mandatory, you have to pick, like, three commanders to go on the ban list, right? There's an argument, there's, like, a solid argument for Winota. If, like, in this proposed scenario where, like, we're forced to put three legendary creatures on the ban list... That weren't already there. there. Yeah, that, that weren't already there. Like, there is a solid argument there. Do I think it's necessary? No. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think there's any commander that, like, needs to be on the ban list right now. Um... At least, at least it's not already on there. I think the ones that are on there, eh, yeah. The eh. only the only legendary creature that I could think that like you could there is actually like a real argument 
for putting on there. And even then, it's super tenuous, and it's like mm-hmm. not because the the card's too busted, but it would just be it would just be Krom, just because that card's like very strong. It's yeah. a partner, sees a lot yeah. of play. Um, it's and, and it's like not saying it should be banned, not mm-hmm. not at all. But if you if you if I had to ban a legendary creature, it'd be Krom, just because like Blue Farm is such a popular deck, and Krom gets played in a ton of other builds anyways. Yeah. So like if you play like Teamer, like. There's mm-hmm. Thrasios Krom, or you got like um, there are a couple of Is it builds that run it. There's mm-hmm. um, there's Grixis shells that run it. Like there's just it's just like Tevish Krom. Like it's it's a very very strong card. Yeah, not busted at any rate, but very strong. Um, and it's a partner that provides you a super solid support pair of colors with mm-hmm. any other partner commander just to get for a color. Yeah. I, so I have an issue with banning just Krom if we want to look at the partners. It's it's very close to, like, Golos, almost. Like, if the whole... I think the argument that the RC gave was for diversity. Um, yeah. Was the reason yeah. they banned Golos. Yep. Even though, like, Najila's still around. Kenny's still around. Oh, like, I, I'm not I'm not saying it should be, but that's, like... Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it's, but, if you're talking CDH. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think if you look at just... Because I think if any of the partners get banned, it's it's for CDH. It's the only yeah, time it's the only, relevant. It's reasonable, too, like, yeah. Yeah, like, any of the other partners, I think, apart from the, like, known CDH ones, are, like, totally fine and, like, see play at the casual level. Uh, and they do, like, completely different things that CDH doesn't care about. But I think if you want to look at the partners, I think you have to go after the big four. Krom, Thrasios, Timna. Yeah, just I I think if you want to hit the partners, you have to hit them all. Because the other the other ones just like it's just a power vacuum at that point. Like everything just like, what's the next best partner? Uh the only ones that aren't banned. (laughs) That's totally Um, fair. But like that's that's banless discussion. And that's a different episode. We don't need to get into it. Um and realistically, there's nothing that really super needs to be banned right now. Like we said, the format overall we think is in a pretty healthy spot. Yeah, um, and if and if the RC thinks that Dockside is like not in their sights, then I think I think the format's generally in a healthy spot. I think I say that I still think I want to see Thorkel gone, just because I think three mana for the win condition is an abysmally small rate, uh, and the package is so so tight, and it's you can play around it. Um, I just I'd like to see it gone personally, um, just to give credence to any other win condition in the format <laughs> now the argument goes like if you ban if you ban thorkel something obviously takes its place lab man whatever but i still think the argument of like i still think there's an argument for thorkel to be gone even though like well obviously there's going always going to be a best thing to do in the format that we're pretty everyone's pretty knowledgeable of like what the best things to do in the format are but i think thorkel is just a really efficient really tight definitely tricky to play around not unbeatable just tricky to play around um i just i just like to see it go that's uh, so totally fair um oh you want to hear something else that was cool at punt city yep. i was reading yep. these uh, like the top 16s and stuff there was mm-hmm. a there was a tevish thrasios list at top 16 that was pretty cool okay um they're playing okay. like displacer kitten and some they're playing some really some cool cards um i think there were there were like two or three tibbets that were in there but really um yeah yeah, only one Winota got into the top 16, I believe. Yeah. Um, I didn't see any Eurikos on the list when I glanced through it uh, yesterday. Um, Anything, like, crazy spicy? Um, I think there was a Jund Dargo list. I think there was uh, Dargo Ikra, which isn't, like, super, super spicy. Like, no. it's not 
it's not the most original deck in the world, but it's way more original than most of the other lists that were on there. Uh, oh, no, there was a Niv-Mizzet list. That was really cool. Uh, there was a Niv-Mizzet Paroon. Yeah. Six mana? Okay. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Niv-Mizzet the Paroon is uh, it's six mana. It's blue, 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 red, red, red for a 5-5 five, five with flying that cannot be countered. Um, it's a dragon wizard. And uh, whenever you draw a card, uh, you... Or sorry, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, you must draw a card. And then whenever you draw a card, you are permitted to shoot something for one damage, I believe is what it says. Uh, um, yes, it's one yes. damage to any target. So it goes infinite with uh, Curiosity um, and uh, Ophidian Eye and all of those style of effects. And then otherwise, it's sort of just like a red-blue control deck. You can play Breach, Diamond, things like that in there because um, they fit into the shell. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was pretty cool. I looked at the list. It was it was pretty neat. It was cool to see a commander that was two colors representing that wasn't Winota. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so no, was no mono color decks making the cut. Actually, I, no, I, I think I found the I think I found the deck list. I can actually take a look right now. Yeah, I don't think I saw any um, in there. I don't believe there were any mono colored lists that made the top sixteen. Um, but there were something like 168 players. So really great turnout. Shout out to Boston Roll. Congratulations on winning yet another. Um, major major event uh second time taking it down with blue farm uh, i think there were like that's i think there back were like to back three punt cities that he's taking yeah down yeah he's taking down both with the more or less the same list the list that he was playing today was a little bit different uh he was mm-hmm. on containment priest which is a card that i think is super well positioned in the meta right now yeah super good um, I, it, that is, it, it hoses yuriko it yeah. hoses no, it does it doesn't hose hose yuriko but it does hose okay. winota hose it, winota it hoses just like breach yeah, it um, abolishes uh, anything that is trying to cheat creatures into play. Because yeah. uh, uh, Containment Priest is a one white pip, one colorless pip, um, two two human cleric uh, has flash and uh, has a static ability. If a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it was not cast, you, that creature is exiled instead of entering the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic. It hoses displacer kitten strategies. Uh, anything that reanimates, any type of like cheating effect with evolutions, pods, things like that. Um, it just says you're either going to fail to find or um, I'm going to exile your creature if you don't, like, if you, for whatever reason, decide to not fail to find. Um, it should hose Yuriko going, it, when you ninjutsu Yuriko. Yes, you're not yes, it, it hoses Yuriko on the ninjutsu. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I didn't think about that. But um, yeah, it's a really strong card. A lot of people, like, it's an old one. Uh, yeah. A lot of people have forgotten that card exists. Um, I think that that kind of leads into another like health of the format thing. Like I think that there are enough like knobs and switches and dials and like cards that people can play if there are problems in the format that you can just play those cards. And the power level of CDH is such that it's not hard to access these cards. Uh, depending on your colors, you know. I think it, pretty much every color that you could play in that has those like hate the, those like silver bullet type pieces, you have enough ways of accessing them. Even more so if you're on if you're in like blacker like white colors or red colors yeah. or any color really. Yeah. Um, it's it's so easy to access those things that it's I don't I don't I I think that feeds into like we're going to just see CDH kind of just regulate and cycle through itself. I mean we're we're kind of exiting out of, I think, mid-range-ish. We're still mid-range. Um, but we're, we're definitely we're seeing more... More of a turbo era right now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're starting to speed up again, um, which means we're going to start seeing stacks on the rise. Then once stacks is on the rise, we're going to see mid-range on the rise, and we're just going to keep rock, paper, rock, scissors. Paper, scissors. Yeah. Uh, but there are... Sismanala is coming back. That deck's Spinala? really fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. 
Oh god, that that could be. <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to our our Anal player, Jaden. <laughs> yeah. I I had to I had to play against one of those this weekend. It was um it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, actually, it, you you were at like a like what w- would you consider it a major tournament in our area? It, it was bigger. It was bigger. um the prize pool was pretty large. Um, okay. but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, me and a couple of other players from my shop went there this past weekend. We played in that. It was um, Sunday, so same day, same day as um, uh, PC two. So um, there wasn't like a bunch of players. I think a lot of players went to Hunt City, who might have that showed up otherwise, because there was a sixty four player cap, and they only got to like twenty eight. So about half capacity, not the worst in the world, okay. um, especially since they didn't advertise it super heavily and they're competing yeah, that one with like a super major like for area. Yeah, um, but it was a lot of fun. There were um, some really high quality players there. Uh, there were a bunch of, there were a bunch of neat decks on display, um, for all of the blue farmy cringeness that showed up. Um, Mm. so that was, that was, I don't know. I, anytime blue farm loses, even if I'm not winning the pod, I consider that a dub because the deck is so good and it is probably the most, if uh, one of the most, if not the most played deck in the format right now, just because it is just so generically good. Um, gets access to the two best combos, being Breach and Thoracle, and uh, has access to some insane colors. Um, has access to all the some of all the best cards in the game. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of room to leaders. to like tune it to the meta as well as we can yep. where, as we can see with uh, with uh, Bosch going on to Containment Priest and playing Lavinia and like some weird cards that you don't see in all of the other Blue Farm lists just because they seem really strong in the meta, right? Um, mm-hmm. So. I think there were, I think there were like maybe four blue farm decks out of that twenty eight, so it was pretty healthy. But there were also some really cool decks that showed up. Like I was on playing Chain Delta Fairy. Um, there was someone else there playing Chain Delta Fairy, so that was really neat. We had slightly different builds. Got to talk shop with them, so that was fun. Um, but there were also there was uh, a Tracks of Food Chain um, mm-hmm. was one of our players. There was a Mad Farm list. Um, there was a Curious Control build that was pretty cool. Wait, like OG Curious Control? That's crazy. They they cut the curiosity out, but I was using it as okay. a slang term for Thrasios and Vile Smasher. Gotcha. Uh, but okay. it was it was not a build that I was super familiar with. It was like a lot of value mid range grind stuff, and then some control and things. It was sweet. Okay. Um, okay. There was an Elsha deck there. Ooh. There was um, I'm trying to think of the other things I saw. There was an Anala player. There were like two Kinnon players. Crick made an appearance. Um, uh, we had our local is it player on Gearson uh, played and did really well. Um, mm-hmm. He actually he did really well. Uh, he took down um, the top seeded player in the tournament. Uh, their only Let's loss uh, before the cut was to uh, was to our boy on Gearson. Um, Let's go. So that was pretty cool. Um, every time just I see him game play one, that knocked, deck. knocked everyone apart. Every, t- every time I see him play that deck, I'm like, this deck's kind of sweet. Yeah. It does a lot of, it does a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, it's really neat. And um and so he did really well. He got two out of his four games. I th- I think he went I think he went two one one. I think he might have drawn the last one. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure. Uh don't quote me on that. But so he did he did well. Um and then what else? There was there was like one other deck that I saw that I was like, oh, that's that's different. That's pretty neat. Um, but I am blanking on what it is right now. Uh, anyways, yeah, yeah, there was some there was some good representation. So like going back to the whole health of the format thing, like you see a lot of a lot of different decks uh, showing up, even if um, a super majority of them are uh, are blue farm. It's mm-hmm. um, 
it's it's unfortunate in my opinion that like there is one deck that is more or less the best but that's not to say that other decks couldn't win um, in the slightest i mean give it given enough time there's always going to be a deck that rises to the top of any format given enough time with a not a lot of like substantial change which i'd argue cdh hasn't had like substantial change nothing ground shaking in the past since year, the whole breacher ban maybe probably more or less i would say i think displacer is probably the most the most like shake yeah. up we've had just because it enables a bunch of different win conditions now mm-hmm. um but i don't think there's been anything like that has rocked the format probably since no. the whole breacher ban definitely we've had a lot of like really good like flavor of the month type things that have proven proven to have staying power uh things like tivit uh especially yeah i think of, of any of the new commanders that came out in the last year tivit is the one that has stuck around the most Save, save for probably some of, like, the background pairings, um, like, anything like Abdel in the command zone or, like, playing the Candlekeep Sage, like, kind of flickering shenanigans mm-hmm. or or stuff like that, or even some of the more, like, crazier brews that I've seen out there. I think there's a couple of, like, red-black one. There's uh, Barakos that does, like, polymorph the uh, background into Breach, which is funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> That deck, that deck is very funny. That deck is very unique. Um, I think that's pretty but cool. But, like, I, yeah, like, Tivit's probably the one that has come out recently that has, like, had the most staying power. But apart from that, it's mostly been par for the course. We've had some cool tech things come up, uh, some more interaction pop up, things like uh, Offer, uh, stuff like that. But I, I'd say, by and large, CDH has largely been at, like, a standstill. It's I been pretty, I would say, stable it, is a good stable. word for yeah, it. Yeah, stable. Yeah, right. that's the word I'm looking for. No, no earth-shattering card has come out that's just like turned the meta on its head yeah um, which no, i i no, think i think is a very good thing i, I think it's I, a yeah. very hard thing to pull off and and they've also released no commanders where it's like i mean tivit's strong but they mm-hmm. haven't released any one particular thing where it's like this is going to come out and now like on release everyone is like oh this is the best commander and now everyone is going to be playing that um, yeah. which is once again a healthy thing I, I think that is very healthy. There are definitely like some fringe things. Um, like I, I think you can argue homogenization until like the end of time, but at a certain point, you have to recognize if you're playing a part of the format where we have such a deep card pool, there's going to be very obviously better choices than other cards, and the power level of those decks requires yeah. you to be on the stronger side of that. Well, until um, we get to Splinter Twin levels, I don't think we yeah. need to worry about homogenization yeah. too much. And like, at, you know, like a local tournament... <laughs> 38% of your, your format is playing one specific deck, and the other, like, like 48 is playing a deck that is supposed that to have a good it. matchup against yeah. that deck. Then yeah. I, I think we're at a pretty good point. Yeah, we're at, we're at a pretty good spot. Like, if, you know, like, we can, like... If you can count on, like, you know, Winota being a uh, a deck to be there, you know, the Eurocos of the world, the Blue Farms of the world, the the four-color, five-color five piles of the world. I, I would agree. With you. Oh, oh, I just remembered what the other cool deck to finish in top 16 yep. was. What was um, you are a Rakdos player, so you'll be oh. happy to hear that Florian is putting up results. Is, um, is it? Okay, I, I think that's the same guy that yes. uh, also got top 16 uh, with Florian. Uh, I really like his list. It's I, very I li- cool. It's very cool. I like Florian a lot. Florian is in the 99 of Chainer, and it's a fantastic card in Chainer. Every time, every single time I see it, I'm like, this card's sweet. It's uh, great. Florian, Florian's really good. It's just a Timna effect in Rakdos, Rakdos which is a Tim. really 
it's a really good effect to have in Rakdos, turns out. Like, it, it's a it's a more aggressive slant than what, like, Prosper tries to do, um, but it doesn't, like, super hard lock you out of your resources like Prosper does. Um, you don't get the mana advantage, obviously, like, there's differences there, but no, Florian's super duper sweet. I'll have to check out, the, I'll have to check out his list and see what he's, see if he's coming up with any new spice, because I think he's mostly just on, like, the standard Rakdos stuff. Yeah, Again, I was chatting saying... with him a little bit, and mm-hmm. he had some get some cool ideas um okay his deck is sweet so that's that's awesome no i i think you know as as we've gotten like more tournaments and as cdh has grown more i i want to say most of the major tournaments within like at least the last six months have had like varying degrees of like who is one and like the makeup and the texture like the top cut um i think boston roll is the exception winning back to back with blue farm uh, <laughs> he's that, just a very good player There's he, that i was too. gonna say that that's probably on the player um like you know like 60 40 player to the deck you know uh something like that i think that's, i think that's probably fair maybe it's not i don't know but yeah i, I think if we're seeing all these tournaments and people are coming up with new or not necessarily new ways but we're not seeing like the same like percentile of decks in the top cut that's a good thing I think that's a very good thing. I think it makes it hard to like prepare for, but again, as we kind of discussed in win cons, like everyone's playing mostly the same win cons, just with, like a different shell. Which uh, is, I think honestly, that's fine. Like prepare for the fine. win conditions and then yeah. have a different way to get to uh, get to your own version of whatever that win condition is. Mm-hmm. If you're playing something particularly unique, that's sweet. Um, and there there is definitely something to that whole idea of a rogue deck will take down a tur- can take down a tournament um, yeah. just because people don't know how to prepare for you. So. It, it, and sometimes it happens. I mean, we've seen Magda basically fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um. I. I. You're you're a Teferi player now. So. <laughs> I am. I have been a Teferi player uh, since he was released. I was on him since uh, basically he came out. Uh, but the deck's undergone a lot of changes since then. And I can't take credit for really any of them. Um, but. Uh, that said, uh, it did take down last year the first Cash Cards Unlimited event. Um, and won a Black Lotus, so that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, but uh, I, I've made some changes of my own to the list. Um, I've been playing that, having a lot of fun, have a lot of success with it, just because you are on a very, like, you're on a very unique win condition. It's hard to prepare for. Um, you get stopped by a lot of common stacks pieces, but, like, at the same time, because you're what mono blue, though? you don't, yeah, exactly. Like, who, who doesn't fold to a rule of law? Um, other than, like, maybe, like, Kenrith and maybe like one or two others, Winota, like one or two other decks, yeah. right? Um, you're going to need to remove it at some point. But but Teferi's in a cool spot. It's in a really good position right now with the current, like just overall composition of there are like t- two to three or four really like dedicated win conditions that people are playing in almost every deck. So it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to side in tech. Um, historically, blue has a pretty good matchup against green. And um, I know I've talked with you about this before, but the overall meta, at least in my experience, is in spite of Blue Farm, very green heavy. Um, Very. It it seems to me um, that a lot of, that most decks these days are either um, Blue Farm, meaning that they're like some sort of like Grixis or Grixis plus White Shell that's on Breach stuff, uh, or... Uh, Winota slash Yuriko, so some sort of like aggressive tempo style, Staxi style of deck. Um, and if they're not one of those two things, um, then 
the most of the rest of the meta is uh, a dork deck. You're playing yep. uh, you're playing green, so that you get access to some great ramp in the form of dorks. Um, it also gives you access to collect roof, some other stacks pieces, which can be really strong depending on your your build. Um, and so because of that, um, Teferi and a couple of other decks uh, like Magda, actually, I think right now are pretty well positioned. Magda less so because dorks block Magda. She's a two one. But uh, aside from that, like Teferi gets to play a Cursed Totem, which is an effect that just hoses all of those dork decks. Um, oh, so hoses Kiki Jiki. So uh, it's it hoses uh, it hoses just like so many things, right? Um, it also gets to play Grafdigger's Cage because you're not casting anything from your graveyard or your library, which hoses the rest of those decks. Um, Torpor Orb stops the Oracle, so it gets to play all these hate pieces that don't affect it back to basics things like that um things that stasis while, it, to, it just gets to raw play stasis if you want to play stasis you can be on stasis which is sweet um, yeah but it, that, it, that's the, a card that not many decks are able to win through or play no through. no not at all uh i'm not currently on it but it has come in and out of my list uh just as a holdover from the old builds definitely medical i think that's uh, it's a medical card yeah i think i think like if you're in a heavy aggro meta i can for sure see stasis like if winota or yuriko or like some other decks like are very like that that pressure life totals that attack a lot to gain advantage even timna decks to some extent I can see Stasis being a very viable option. Um, there are like two flex slots in my list right now. And I can see that being a very viable card to put in just as a way to stop that, even if it's not tutorable. Because um, most of our stacks pieces are, are tutorable because they're artifacts, but we have a couple like back to basics that unfortunately you just have to draw into. Um, but that variance is made up for by the fact that they're just insanely strong. And if you have them, like you're in very hard control of the game. Oh yeah. And the great thing about it is that because you're mono blue and you're not winning the game fast, like, well, okay. We'll, well talk about that later, yeah. but <laughs> mono very is mono blue turbo. But, uh, <laughs> but if you're, if you're, if you're in mono blue, generally people are much more likely to let you resolve a stacks piece than you are in say like red, white or something. Right. Cause your yeah. stacks pieces aren't really your win conditions. Whereas their stacks pieces like are going to beat you to death. Uh, like an Archon of Ameria, given enough time, can just kill you if you're not taking any game actions. And all your lands not are going to get that way with everything. back to basics or stasis. Well, that's the thing is, like, usually there's like one or two players. Like, there's enough players at the table who have a basic in play or who have lands untapped or rocks or something to play around it. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let that resolve because it hosts the other guy more. And in some cases, they might even help you defend it. I know that that was, I know that that actually came up in um the game that our gearson player won uh, the other to flip to fairy at that tournament uh cast a back to basics gearson had four basic lands and uh there were two counter spells aimed at that bad boy and gearson and the Teferi player together defended the back to basics that's and that led incredible. to the gearson players win so yeah uh, yeah pretty sweet i i forget when we talked about this but we talked about like moon effects and like back to basics fits into like the moon discussion because they do yeah. very similar things of just like if like two color decks are a prevalent thing two Terrible. color decks are able to win through moon effects so easily if they're yeah. prepared for it or if they're yep. on like they're a playing, lower budget they're playing enough basics generally yeah. or like they have enough of a way to get through it uh, a, a non non black two color decks because if you're on black you're probably trying to play tainted pact which in that case you can right. be up to four basics uh through regular and snows um but yeah no like moon effects are so hard uh when there's a two color player it's a medical table. right it all comes it's, a, a it's, a, it's a huge huge medical i think moon effects are probably i think i'd like to see moon, uh, moon effects like on the rise again 
Um, but that depends on how much Yuriko and Winota we're going to see. Like, those yeah. two specifically exist. It, like, yeah. I have such an easy counter against, like, those stacks pieces in general. Oh, for sure. I think, I think because Yuriko, like, you only need two mana, and yeah. you're, you're, you can play the game very effectively still. And Winota is already on Blood Moon effects. They're on Blood Moon, or they're for sure on Magus, and some of the builds I've seen are even on Blood Moon, because they are really good. They hose all the decks that we... Um, that we live in this world of like four or five colored good stuff. Um, all you have to do is make sure that you have something to deal with their Doxite Extortionist, whether that's like a Hushwing Griff or like a Torpor Orb or something along those lines. Or you just, if you have the ability to counter their, their Mana Rock or whatever, or blow it up, you do that. And then you just keep them off their colored pips and you get it early. The game is over <laughs> most of the time. Exactly. Um, actually, I had a, I had a question. So if we're talking about putting in like these asymmetric, like, or like, not necessarily, I guess not asymmetric, um, but like these stacks pieces that don't really like hose you, but hose the rest of the format, is that in itself like a indicator of health in the format that we have these things that we're considering these things that these things are good? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's necessarily like an indicator of health, but mm -hmm. I would like, if I had to pick literally one word to describe the current state of the format, I think it would be asymmetric. Like just yeah. because because at 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 present, every effect that that any deck is trying to run is trying to accomplish something asymmetrically. Whether that is you control the Dranith Magistrate, or I'm playing Grafdigger's Cage because it doesn't affect me at all. Um or containment priest or something like that mm -hmm. like all of these things it's it's just so powerful to be able to like jam a card that stops other people from winning the game um and all of your opponents are fine with it because it stops their opponents from winning the game uh but then and they figure they can remove it when the time comes which is you can never remove the card when you want to. It no, just never works no. out. It's, it's such uh, a bad idea, that's too. That's one of the reasons why stacks is good. But it's it's like... So you jam that, and then it doesn't matter. Like, you just do not care. And I think that's one of the insane things about, like, Elishnorn. The new Elishnorn, uh, oh, Mother God, of Machines. Yeah. Like, she is Torpor, but only for your opponents. She's Panharmonicon. Panharmonicon for you. Panharmonicon. 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 It's because um, she doubles all your ETB triggers while making sure that your opponents get zero ETB triggers from any permanent. The card's ridiculous. And sure, it's costed at five mana, but there are plenty of decks that can like make it to five mana because four of that is colorless, mm -hmm. or um, they have a way to cheat it into play or something like that and would want to play that style of, de of deck. The card's insane. And I think it's actually like, as much as I hate playing the card because I I, I have been maining Kenrith, though that's that's on the line now. We'll see. Teferi, I've really been liking Teferi. It's a lot of fun. Um, but the I would say if I had to pick one word for the meta of like maybe 2022, 21, that era would have been ETB, right? Like it's um yeah. because because like the whole thing was oh nobody's playing counter magic that hoses creatures. So you jam a and it's still pretty low, but I think like we're making up for that in terms of removal and stuff, especially with yeah. displacer and being able to abuse ETB triggers. Mm -hmm. um, I think that like the fact that you can you could like throw out a creature, get the ETB, and the effect was just free, like it was gonna resolve, you were gonna have it, is crazy. And now with like 
we you can't say Elishnorn is the only reason, but now we're shifting away from that more mid-rangey strategy. And I think in part it's due to uh, a lot more decks starting to incorporate these asymmetric effects. Like if you're on in Grixis and you're you have a way to win outside of of Thoracle, like play Thoracle, but just because you're playing Thoracle and you have an ETB that wins you the game, if you're on the breach line depending on your meta, what you're playing in regularly, it might be worth considering Torpor Orb, uh, because that card just... Dress down. Or Dress Down. Yeah, the cards, those cards shut off ETB decks. They shut off creature-based decks. And it's it's really strong. Um, like I, I mentioned, Dranith, you're a fan of Mayhem Devil. That mm, card is love, becoming love prolific uh, because Mayhem of Devil. treasures and how sure, you can have your treasures. I, I care less about your Dockside when I can just kill everything that's winning you the game or kill you as you or, go to yeah, do your breach you. like it's, nice, it's nice, ridiculous. nice bomber man i'm gonna kill the bomber man now yep yeah you can do that precisely like four times and then yeah okay nice cool day. you made you made a bunch <laughs> of mana do you have a way to convert 10 mana into a win outside of itself yeah. no okay you're not gonna be able to do this now yeah. so it's it's really interesting to see how that shifts because asymmetry is the word of the day for now um, I'm really excited to see where in the next year or so what the new word of the day becomes mm-hmm. because it's it probably won't be asymmetry like that will st- probably still be a major factor in decks just like ETVs are still a major factor in decks but maybe it'll be the new battle mechanic that's coming out like maybe it'll be there's like maybe. two or three insane battles and suddenly the thing to do is to get this battle into play as fast as possible and just deal five damage to an opponent to have an effect that's just game ending like i i have no idea what they're gonna be i'm very like as so as of recording uh one of the battles got leaked so we know like kind of what they look like and mostly how they function we're not gonna get into it right here but it's it's interesting like i'm very curious to see where they take the design space i like we're we gotta see a good one i don't think that we we talked about this earlier like you had brought up tribal and just like well tribal is a card type but it's gonna (laughs) be And it's like that's that's a card type that existed for like one block and was teased in future sight. Like I'm pretty sure this mechanic like isn't going anywhere. Like it's, it, if anything, it's I probably want to see more fortifications. Ah, oh, God, I'd love to see more <laughs> fortifications. Uh, that'd be that'd be great. I love fortifications. Um, no, I'm I'm curious to definitely see where it goes. Uh, but I think you're I think you're ultimately right. I think um we're seeing a lot more like thought put into how many of these hosing type effects can are we allowed to play that doesn't hinder our game plan or doesn't hinder us enough that we care that we're hurt that we're just as hurt by it by other players yeah I, I think any deck that can like any grixis deck like just jam curse totem just just do it there what yeah. oh no your malevolent hermit is not online oh there are a lot of decks that don't play curse totem where it affects like at most two cards that aren't water. that, that <laughs> like, are like ink, like don't matter it i don't know matter. you say it doesn't advance your own game plan but also if the grindy deck who's trying to stall for time can't tap their mana dorks after turn one or turn zero if you have a mana crypt and go first like yeah that seems pretty strong to me like especially with a lot of like non like grixis or like uh anything that's playing green is mostly playing as many dorks as they can like you know, like the one common dork that's not being played is Boreal Druid because it makes colorless mana. Yeah, even the mono green decks aren't even playing that. I'm pretty sure. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's like, to run. You much rather have something that makes you colored mana than colorless mana. That's why the rocks exist to provide your colorless mana. Yep. Um, but no, being able to shut those off is so huge. Like if someone goes turn one curse totem and I have a dork in hand, I go, well, fuck. That's kind of my entire <laughs> just out the window. Just Jesus. dork was gonna get. Oh, dork. it's such a nightmare, bro. I had to. I played a game in our local last week. Um, playing in zero game actions for the first time. And this player goes, um, turn one, generate, like, I don't know, like, maybe, generates, like, four mana, um, casts, uh, after casting Rog, um, and, and I look at them and I say, if you cast a Polymorph on your Rog, it's not resolving because you could flip a Sire of Insanity, and I will not let that happen on turn one. And they were like, fair enough, promptly cast an LED, cracked it, cast their, te- their Tevish Thought, um, Sacked their rog, drew three cards, which were, of course, um, I'll use my one remaining floating mana to cast this soaring, cast a mana crypt, cast a torpor orb, uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then they're now hellbent, but they did recast ro- uh, rog rack so they could oh. an ancestral recall the next turn. Oh. Um, and it's just one of those things where, like, torpor orb went at, came out on turn one and did not leave the game until uh, until somebody was ready to win. Uh, until just someone because everyone, Rift. Uh, yeah, channel Odawara, but like, same yeah, thing. it's uh, it's, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like that everyone is so terrified of removing that stacks piece when you get it to a high level because if you remove it and you're not ready to win the game on the spot, like you're tossing it to the player who is also exactly. trying to figure out their window. They had the person to your left or even to your right has it and they they will take advantage of you removing the piece that you just actively dislike and yeah. it's the same thing with curse totem more or less like like for all you grixis players out there don't you hate it when a, when your opponent casts null rod or like stony silence or collect roof on like turn one or two and suddenly your whole game plan flies out the window you could do the same thing to you them you can do totem. the same thing to them hit the oof player in this right where it hurts by playing right curse totem <laughs> no, curse yeah. totem is is a card that i try and put into as many decks as i possibly can yes uh it's it's so uh, super underplayed it, it's super super good it's super good, and that, that just that that in like being able to play a deck that has like Grafdigger's Cage shuts off so much of the meta. Yeah, so so much of the meta. That's another card. People were like, "Oh, Grafdigger's Cage is a good card," and then there were strategies that it doesn't really affect. Like, like maybe it shuts off a breach line. It, it affects a lot of strategies. We'll we start by saying that, but there were strategies that it affects dramatically less than like if, mm-hmm. just because you're on like two evolution effects does not a deck that you should not be playing Grafdigger's Cage in make yeah because that if if you're on two two evolution effects in your whole thing like say you're on evolution and neoform the best ones if those are your only evolution effects depending on your meta you can still consider running cage just because it hoses breach it hoses other people's evolution effects Mm -hmm. it hoses reanimate it hoses uh uh uh, top deck top combos like elsa cast from top deck things like that it it just stops all of that in it in in its tracks. It's fetchable off of Urza Saga. It's just so good. It's just so good. It's really really good. I, I think a lot of this discussion again boils down to like there there is I ca- there's counterplay to a lot of these things. Like if like Grixis decks on the rise, well Null Rod effects are going to be good again. Uh, like any way to stop the artifacts. Uh, it, dork decks are taking over the world. Uh, Curse Totem, Graph Digger's Cage, like. 
all of the uh, oppos. I mean, although oppo never leaves ever, that card's omnipresent no matter what. <laughs> if there's just, black, it's so asymmetric. If there are swamps on the battlefield, there is oppos somewhere in the deck, like <laughs> yes. almost guaranteed. But look, there's there's a lot of counterplay to everything. I think that's I think that's one of the things that I think keeps deck building very much alive for CDHs. Like you're there, there's always like cards you can play that stop like the big bad things for uh, sure you just have to always break down your meta and think about it absolutely it just it you just got to break down like it's it's the it's the control player checklist you know like what's what are the things that i need to hit what are the things that are bad what are the things that i have access to that efficiently deal with these things you know i mean like we even have we have a grixis we have a cast player in our mm-hmm. meta uh they're on Bolas's citadel and a lot of etb effects for like dockside and portable and stuff um and uh their commander casts cast spells from the graveyard they're still they're they're playing breach they're still playing grafter's cage because evolution is so omnipresent in our meta it's and so, that it's they're like i will it's not everywhere. be gotted by another oh go sack my dork to neoform oh it's gonna get a dockside and the person already has dockside enhanced so they put ga out instead the, this player was just like this will not happen to me i will not let this happen again oh god or 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 my favorite sack the dork to get gilded rig Love that. Ugh. So good. So good. Hate it. I hate it. It's no, amazing. it's it's really good. We it's really really drinks. good. But yeah, so it, a lot of it comes down to to meta, and I think there's a distinct difference um, between like a local meta that you can mm-hmm. like very actively tech for. You say, oh, I've seen a lot of this for the past two or three weeks. I'm gonna put this in. Oh, I've seen a lot of that for the past two or three weeks, and like majors or super majors that you have to you have to like tech for before you even have any idea what the the scene is going to look like like maybe you hear oh this xyz deck is really popular right now like you hear oh winota's really popular that deck's really scary and so you put in more spot removal than you might normally or you play a grafter's cage or something whereas you might not because you always have the option to not cast the grafter's cage right and removal's mm-hmm. never going to be a, a bad thing um but uh, but you have to check ahead of time. So I think there's definitely a difference there. What's, um, I'm curious, do you have a process when you're for, of preparing for like major tournaments? Uh, do you have a process of like going through and evaluating what you think is going to be a really good card to include that you might not be playing in, in your locals just because, just because you're like, oh, I know this is a deck that I could vary or an archetype I might be seeing a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's a lot of taking out whatever are, like, more narrow answers and trying to broaden that a little bit. Um, I think, you know, if if Lightning Bolt isn't, like, super critical to your strategy, there's an argument to move on to a Braid in that slot, for example. If you're expecting uh, more Grixis in the deck, more, I don't know, LED, more Bolas to Citadel... Um, stuff like that. Um, if you are on stacks pieces, uh, there's a whole world of stacks available to you, depending on your colors, obviously. Yeah. Um, it shifting your stacks pieces matters so, so, so much. Like if you're, if you're expecting a lot of storm, uh, Thalia effects, thorn effects are going to be way more relevant than, um, I don't know, maybe like a containment priest. I'll just use that as an example. Yeah, you know, that, that's the one we've been going back to. Yeah, if you're if you're expecting storm, you're going to be doing that. If you're expecting, I don't know, uh, TNT, uh, like reanimator strategies, maybe maybe the the storm effects aren't going to be great. Maybe you want to start uh, debating if you think rule of laws are going to be really good. 
uh, well, maybe if there's going to be, if you're expecting rule of laws, you know, how many Winotas are in the area, you know, how, how much is aggro and that kind of strategy on the rise is, is rule of law a good card to be playing right now? How, how much of the, your expected meta is going to be playing against that? So for me, it's a lot of, I think everyone has like, you know, everyone plays, you know, all the staples and whatnot, and those you almost universally stay. But like the like secondary or tertiary choices, that's where a lot of that play is for me. Uh, figuring out, you know, okay, this this removal or this counter magic feels a little bit niche. Is there a more broad option I can play that will be better suited for me for either like a blind meta, or if you like know the area and you know like okay, like for what crazy to hear that CDH is super duper regional, and I love that. Um, but if you know, like this region is, you know, very big on Inala and this region's very big on, you know, mono white stacks, you know, you, you have those things, you know, oh, that, that's, that's, uh, that's another good thing to bring up. If you're expecting stacks, you're going to want to play more mid range. You're going to want more just slow churn value cards to help get you there. Um, but that's, that's, that's generally my process. Yeah. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, we were talking about like carpet of flowers, like mm. even something as simple as that, like. The card's great, don't get us wrong, but we were talking about how, like, we don't have a lot of blue players in our meta. Might be time to cut Carpet of Flowers, like, yeah. and, and even if you're considering going to a major, like, think about it, how many eyelids is Blue Farm really running? <laughs> like, even if you see a Blue Farm deck in every single pod you play in, how many islands are they realistically going to have on the battlefield? Is it worth playing the Carpet and beating the Dockside by one, or is it more worth it to maybe play, like another rock of your own or a mana dork or something are you gonna be making one mana versus two like things, things like that to consider mm -hmm. right i think carpet of flowers is really good if you're seeing a lot of urza and a lot of teferi not necessarily like blue farm you can make an argument i guess for yuriko because it's it's two color probably gonna be running a slightly more island count than any other blue deck that's not mono blue but even then like especially ally colors like there's so many non-island cards that they have access to now um that it doesn't you're not like one island off the one fetch land that they that they have in hand yeah but even then it, another dork just might be better and more consistent it's slower sure but it it doesn't feed the dock side it's always going to be there uh like the elvish mystic in hand is always going to produce green whereas your carpet of flowers might not uh oh we're, we're talking about moon effects you can't carpet <laughs> of flowers through a moon. You only... <laughs> Not unless there's a basic island in Not play. Not unless there's a basic island in play. There's um, probably one on average. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that'll be at the high end. But, mm -hmm. Well, I guess that leads me to my my last point that I wanted to talk about for this episode, which was, um, so as we, as we talk about, like, the meta and how it shifts and choosing your different cards and stuff, what if your deck is just bad? Because some of, I think, some of playing CDH well is properly selecting your deck because i think mm -hmm. i think even even say after or before card choices there's the whole matter of like what decks should i be playing into the expected like pool of opponents i'm gonna be i i think i'm gonna see right mm -hmm. so like for me i have played uh teferi at the past couple of major events that i've played at just because um with the meta shifting more towards turbo it's speeding up um Kenrin, just good. in general not the best deck in the world like there are faster five color decks you can play so if you're gonna be wanting to play five color um I, my opinion like shift to like Najila nbc or something like that which stands for mm -hmm. no bad cards um it's just 
generic five color value pile, just like Kenrith, but uses the Gila as the commander. It's like generic on a turbo add on a strategy. Um, so it's it's a faster deck, has applies a faster clock in a variety of ways. Um, and uh, and it's it's just as strong, but it appeals to the meta better. Whereas like Kenrith is like it's a little slower, but because of all the activated abilities and all the text on the card, if you're in a stacksier meta, Kenrith is gonna outperform Najila way more because there will be way fewer creatures, way less removal, way fewer like things you have to deal with. Um, but like so I opted for Teferi for these past two, right? Because because mm-hmm. Kenrith has not been performing well. Seen a lot of green, so Curse Totem is great, seen a lot of breach, so um Cage is phenomenal because it affects that. Um, and then I've also been teching my pet card in that list, uh, one of the flex slots, but a card that has been working out for me pretty well the past couple times that I've seen it, called Verity Circle. It's uh, just one has, blue. Has, you, you mentioned that card. Yeah, has it's it really been... sweet. It's one blue two for an enchantment. It says, whenever a creature an opponent controls becomes tapped for any reason other than to attack, you may draw a card. That, then it has the activated ability of pay a blue and four, tap target creature without flying, um, which isn't amazing doesn't super protect your teferi but like if someone has like saves a, from a lethal attack it's it can save you from a lethal attack it's a mana sink to draw a card at end of turn even if, even if it's not super efficient it exists so that's a, that's a sweet card and it's really good in the meta right now yeah I, I if the reasons that you uh listed almost the opposite for why chainer has been on the shelf uh recently is i kept seeing Dranith magistrates and Graph Digger's Cage, and as soon as, I see, <laughs> as soon as you see those cards, you go, I can't play this deck right now. <laughs> cards, like... Gotta wait until the meta gets faster. <laughs> gotta, gotta, I just need people to be playing Rule of Laws, not those cards. <laughs> Every other stacks card, that deck can deal with. And like, perfectly fine. If the graveyard, if the grave, if people aren't hating on the graveyard super hard, and we're not seeing Dranth Magistrate and Graph Digger's Cage, we're cruising, my guy. We're cruising. <laughs> but as soon as I see those cards every single game, I go, I am making the bad decision here. Um, but no, 100%. Like, being in tune with your meta and having, like, those other, like, decks that you've been like, okay, this seems really cool, or, like, this, like, side brews that you think are good, or just other other known decks out there. Um, I think the 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 swap from, like, Kenrith to, like, Njila probably makes a lot of sense right now, because if you are expecting to sit at a pod with, let's let's take an extreme example. If you're expecting to sit at a pod with three Inalas, your Kenrith deck is not going to win a high percentage of the time, I think. Um, everyone's trying to go way too fast for what you're oh, trying yeah, to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but in, in that point, you go, okay, well, either I have to slow all the way down to, like, mono-white stacks, um, and even then, they'll probably be able to play through that because you're mono-white. You're not going to have a whole lot. You're not going to be able to stop three three Nala players. Um, you know, so there, there's, a, there's a sweet spot there. Um, no, absolutely. And that's that's... That's why the dino is out, baby. I have a big beat stick. I have enough, like, I can I can stop one thing every turn cycle. That's usually good enough. That's usually good enough. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I think that it really just boils down to, like, keeping an eye on what isn't working. And if it, mm-hmm. just because something isn't working, because this was a trap that I got stuck in for a little while. If it's not working, it might not be you. It might not be the deck. It might just be that everyone else is playing a strategy that hoses your strategy. Yeah, um, could also be you suck, but um, it it, it, it a, could be like, you're just terrible at the game. Yeah, in all <laughs> likelihood, it's if you were winning games and now suddenly you can't take a game off anyone. It's probably a meta shift because I know you. You experienced that with Chainer, and we talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We brought it up before, but it's like you were taking games with Chainer. And then 
You then then we just games with and we stopped taking games with a trainer. Uh yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he'll 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 rise and shine again. That's that I have no worry, and that's I think um especially if you're like newer to CDH, that is like a hard learning moment to just know sure. like the meta is going to be shifting. Like it, we live in a rock paper scissors world of turbo stacks mid range. Like sometimes paper's just going to be beaten rock because you're expecting a lot more rock. So at that point, you need to start considering, you know, how does scissors fit in the equation? You know, all, all that stuff. I think that's, and I think that's a lot of, uh, a lot of what I've had to like reflect on, because uh, it's, it's coming up on like a, almost a year now that I've been playing this format. Uh, so I've, I've gone through like meta shifts very much, very much so. So this is my first time kind of being on the receiving end of, okay, no, the meta has shifted against me. Now I need to like readjust where I'm at. You, oh, you, know? were, ride, you were riding the wave and then suddenly it crashed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like you had a good idea going and it's, a, it's still a good idea. It's just not the right time for that idea. For like sure. it'll, it'll, it'll probably happen again, most likely. But like right now, uh, it's not the name of the game. You're 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 already losing when you're when you're shuffling. You and uh, there will be some champs who ride it out, and they will play the same oh, yeah. deck the whole way through, and they will be winning, 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 and then they will not win a game for months, months. because of a meta shift. But yep. they're playing the same deck. They're they're doing the best they can to tech, and they'll 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 go through the whole thing, and then the meta starts to tweak a little bit, and oh, suddenly they're suddenly to win again. Now, suddenly sauce again. not on such a cold streak which is pretty yeah it's it's a good feeling when that happens but it, it's also okay to shift decks i mean we'll go yeah. back to najila again because like najila was for a long time considered kind of like the boogeyman right turbo world online mm-hmm. world covid world fast deck go zoom fast deck that also applies combat damage go really hard and then we saw started to see more stacks um people are playing rule of laws all over the place people are playing like all of these things all over the place, right? We had the stack um, summer and then the rise of mid range. Yeah, and so, but Najila can't play into stacks. Your your oh. one ones just get eaten by two twos. Like you, it doesn't matter if you kill like the whole board with a fire covenant if you can't win that same turn because of a rule of law. It just also, doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't have the follow up for that fire covenant. They're just gonna jam a another two two. Yeah, you know what Limbala is? It, it doesn't matter what the text is on the card. The, the relevant text on the card is it says three four flyer. That's the relevant. Text <laughs> you can't the card. beat that. You're Even, not. It also that. shuts down your combo, but you still can't beat. That. Yeah, the, the combo is extra. We don't care about yeah. it. We care that you cannot hit this card with anything. Is your one board wipe? You've used it. You don't have any life. Like, Toxic Deluge, I have never even met her. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter. It yeah, doesn't matter. Because I was on Najila for a really long time, and I had really... I think really... when I met you, that was one of your, like, your clients. Yeah, I was. I had really uh, good results with that deck after Opus Thief got banned. And um, and so I was playing uh, Najila, and the deck uh, was in a really great spot because we were still in that, like, turbo-y era um, mm-hmm. where no one's playing spot removal, no one kills your creatures, so you're fine. And then I hit the rule of law. Basically have I hit the stacks effects. I hit the, well, I'm starting to lose games because I cannot get through with connected by warriors safely to uh, keep them alive for the next cycle, right? Mm. Um, so, and that's my transition to Kenrith. Um, right, cor- corresponded really well with when Displacer Kitten got printed. So started experimenting with those different types of builds. What a dominant, um, dominant threat in our meta. Oh my God. Yeah. And so, uh, and so that was just like huge. And I think I went on during that that whole stacks boon as it's kicked up in our area like everyone was playing rule of laws everyone was playing stacks um except for the players who were still on more of turbo strategies and i i took i took the place apart i think i went on some crazy hot streak and won for like 
It was wild. Like it was two months? wild. Like two or three months. It's yeah. straight. I won every single weekly. Um, which like some of that's going to be variants, but like yeah. a lot of it had to do with like the meta wasn't adapted. Very variants for that. To. Especially like a winning streak for that long. Like there's only a couple of reasons. One, the the caliber of player that you are playing against, it just like there there's such a vast ocean of difference. That was that part of it for sure. For you, sure. Like you're you're going to have like just a natural skill advantage. You have a natural knowledge advantage uh, that, that other players need to overcome. But also like if you have like if you sit down at a table and three players are throwing pa- uh, paper and you are always playing scissors you're going to win that. Oh, for sure. Um, and now as we're shifting back to more, like we're shifting out of such a staxy area and uh, more into uh, a turbo-y area, um, Kenrith is falling off. Not yeah. so good. So now I, um, trying to head it off, and playing stacks. I'm playing turbo, mm-hmm. mono-blue turbo, mono-blue stacks. Um, just trying to get, get the edge on that one there. But it's... Um, I'd say that Kenrith isn't a viable. I did win a game no. last week, so that was no. that felt good. But uh, right, and, but that, was, and that's uh, and that's the other thing is like, oh, these decks are unplayable now. No, they're they're still totally playable. Still playable. You're just gonna you just have a very hard time. You're just throwing play. paper when everyone else is throwing scissors. So it's like exactly. a really uphill battle. Exactly. I so, sometimes paper jams up the scissors. I guess like dull scissors. Dull scissors. I, they're I, cutting I it too far I, forward or whatever. I, yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. The, the analogy is falling apart for that one. But like, not to say that you can't do it, but like, you're not doing yourself any favors by doing it. You know? Oh, for sure. Like, I could, I could, I could jam chainer right now, and I'd probably lose. Um, <laughs> if only because the people I'd be playing against know what the deck does, so they know what parts to hit. Uh, and like, the meta just doesn't favor it right now. Uh, like, chainer specifically favors rule law effects way more than anything else. So I think if I ever go into like a meta where it's like, oh yeah, lo- like. Expect pl- you're going to be playing with a rule law on the table every game. Oh, baby, that's my jam. You are ready for it. I am super duper ready for it. Um, no, I, I agree, and uh, it, you have to decide where uh, where you want to be when the meta shifts. Um, and I think the fact that we do have these like pretty expected meta shifts and like pretty known things, like, I think that's not the worst thing for format. I dare say that's probably the healthiest i think i think it's, uh, i think that's an indicator of health is it's if an indicator your of health. is rotating yeah uh, like your players it, are adaptable and your format is mm-hmm. is accommodating different strategies of play yeah it, it i again i think the biggest thing is that every deck has like at least some semblance of tool to be able to fight it and the means to find those tools on a dime if necessary well I guess if you're playing mono green and you really want to find like I don't know Trinisphere or something, you're gonna have a hard, hard time finding that. For example, yeah, it, very hard to find that. Uh, or mono blue finding uh, Stasis or Back to Basics. Like you're gonna have a harder time finding those. But like the point still stands. Like you have access to those things, so you can make use of those tools. That's that's why they're tools. That's why the toolbox exists. You know. All right. Well, I think I have. Uh, I think I've talked about how healthy this meta is for a while. It's pretty healthy. There was a lot to talk about this episode. Yeah. Again, I think, are there problem childs? Yeah, but every... If you look at any competitive game, any game, there's a problem child. They're always, like, there's going to be a best thing to do in anything that has the word competitive in front of it. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. It's just a matter of how how good is that best thing? How 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 omnipresent it is? And, like, Thorkel is omnipresent, I guess, to an extent. Breach is omnipresent, I guess. Gnaw is dockside. The big pillars of the format. Like, yeah, they're omnipresent, but, like, are they... Yeah. 
bad? Eh, I'd say I I I wouldn't say so. I think bad a lot adjacent. of my salt that <laughs> that adjacent. A lot of my salt comes from like wish we could do other things besides these things you know that's and that's fair. not and that's that's a personal thing that's, that's not anything team. to do yeah that's just that's just a take that's that's whatever that's whatever all right but, well yeah there are a lot of there are a lot of do our little wrap up here there's a lot mm-hmm. of really cool decks making appearances at major tournaments and locals alike uh mm-hmm. that we have seen and heard about that's really neat um meta is starting to shift at least from what we can tell get into more of a more of a go fast kind of run right now. So if you're really feeling spicy, get back on those rule of law effect decks and shut everyone down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, if you're looking to like tech your list or like adapt to your meta, um, just take some time to evaluate what are you losing to? What are your deck strengths? Should I be on a different deck if I'm really trying to win really hard? And sort of just look at those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always going to preach different win cons is the way that you're trying to win the game falling ploy to the things that the meta is going to eat alive uh can you play an off meta win con that's going to win better i think that's a huge part to why your kenrith deck did so well in our meta for so long oh for sure it is no one was prepared for that and yeah. no one knew how people to didn't know it. the lines yet they, they weren't familiar with it and then yeah. of course word of the day asymmetry asymmetry absolutely all right everybody well, that is going to wrap us up for this week's episode of Man on the Rocks. Uh, I want to thank uh, you, Atlas, for joining me for another fantastic conversation. No problem. Happy to be here. And I want to thank you, the listener, for sticking with us for uh, damn near four episodes. That's a crazy thing. Uh, I hope wherever you are in the world, you're doing all right. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>